You're listening to a podcast of Master Your Finances with me, Kurt Baker, a certified financial planner professional. Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. on 1077thebronc.com. The financial views and opinions expressed by the hosts and guests on this program do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of 1077 The Bronx, Rye University, or Certified Wealth Management and Investment. The material discussed is not designed to provide listeners with individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. Planning your financial future does not have to be overwhelming. 1077 The Bronx presents Master Your Finances with Kurt Baker, a certified financial planner professional with Certified Wealth Management and Investment. For the next 60 minutes, Kurt and his ex- expert team of financial guests will help to decipher financial terms, navigate market trends, interpret federal and state regulations, and more, so you can make smart decisions with your money to increase your personal wealth. Missed an episode? Go to 1077thebronc.com and Apple iTunes to download and listen to previous shows. Just look up Master Your Finances. Master Your Finances is underwritten by Certified Wealth Management and Investment, focusing on personal financial and small business planning. For more information about all of Certified Wealth Management and Investment services online, it's cwmi.us. Now here's Kurt Baker with this week's edition of Master Your Finances. Good morning and welcome back to another edition of Master Your Finances, presented by Certified Wealth Management and Investment. I am Kurt Baker, a certified financial planner professional, hosting your show. My office is located in Princeton, New Jersey. I can be reached through our website, which is www.cwmi.us, or you can call me directly at 609-716-4700. And this week, we're very pleased to have with have with us Jim Bell, um, Senior is the CEO and founder of Able HR, a professional employer organization, or a PEO, located in Cranberry, New Jersey. Uh, Bell is a lifelong uh, New Jersey resident, served in the United States Navy as an Atlantic Fleet radar specialist. Afterward, he went to work full-time at Johnson & Johnson and earned his degree from Ryder University in 1973. Bell learned about the emerging business of outsourcing human resources during his 20 years of service as a controller and accountant at several prominent companies. He saw the opportunity to break ground in this new industry and use his own money to establish Able HR in 1992. Like a true friend, Able HR helps small business leaders grow their companies by safeguarding their clients' employees and taking the headaches out of HR for clients. For almost three decades, Able HR has transformed the burden of HR administration into a tool that allows business owners to efficiently align mission with resources. With Able, clients can focus on what they do best and run their business without worrying about HR, while Able's qualified HR professionals manage the administrative functions for them. It's a family-owned uh, company. Able HR was one of the very first PEOs, which is Professional Employer Organization in New Jersey, uh, they help the HR staff of larger companies do their jobs more efficiently and serve as the HR staff at smaller organizations. Able, Able HR provides HR services to include payroll administration, employee benefits, and risk management when it encompasses workers' compensation, employee practice liability, insurance, and compliance with various safety regulations. HR, um, Able HR administers more than 5,500 employees for its clients across the country. Um, this, you were kind of one of the pioneers in this whole industry, and I know um, many companies, if they, uh, you know, employees are kind of like your number one asset, right? So, yes. uh, so it, and it's really important, and a lot of these things you have to do for um, HR for many companies, is, uh, especially smaller ones, it's kind of a burden. It's a lot of back-end administrative things that need to get done. So you, you were one of the first people to kind of think of this whole concept 
Do you want to kind of walk us through like how all that happened and where this your kind of your industry really came from? Because everybody used to, have to do their own HR back in the quote the old days, so to speak, right? Well, uh, most of my HR background uh, came from uh, Johnson and Johnson because uh, before you could become a department head, you had to have a very good foundation in human resources. Uh, back then, it was called the personnel department. Uh, I was uh, blessed with uh, cross-training at the time as part of the personal products management training program. And it, had, it served me very, very well because no one else had that advantage. Um, one of the things that set Abel apart from uh, my competition was we paid as much attention to our employees as we did to our clients. We made life easier for them. Uh, we made compliance easier for them. And since we eliminated so many of the problems and misunderstandings that often cropped up, uh, life was smoother for both the client, the business owner, and the employees, and naturally us too. It, it worked extremely well, and it's one of the reasons that we grew. Mm -hmm. uh, Do you want to tell us exactly, like what you know, what the definition, so to speak, uh, for a PEO or professional employer organization? You want to kind of walk us through what exactly is that? What does that mean well, uh, in layman's terms, so to speak? When Abel started, we assumed an employer relationship, and we hired the. Uh, client employees and put them on our payroll and we still do that today however both state and federal governments have have changed our definition to that of co-employment uh, we are the employer from an administrative standpoint but that does not relieve the client from employment responsibilities. Um, we do all the work. Uh, the client hears very little from any of the agencies. Uh, we handle all of it. So I remember a term that came up many, many years ago, and I assume this is probably the advancement. Like we used to call it, like I heard this term, employee leasing. Yes, sir. Is, is that what it was, and it's now changed into this like co-employer situation, or what? what yeah. Is it, what is what's kind of the difference between those two at terms? The, at the beginning, it was called employee leasing, and to, to this day, that was the best description. Uh, what we would do is hire everyone, including the owners who worked in a given company, and lease them back to that company. Uh, we then took over all the administrative responsibilities. Uh, in April's case, the client became our site director. And from an administrative standpoint, uh, he enforced ABLE policies. Uh, anything came up that he couldn't or didn't want to handle, he simply called us. Uh, worked fine. However, it, it caused a few problems in that uh, if the leasing company, if you will, was the employer 
and hypothetically it was a trucking company and a truck had an accident and killed or maimed 25 people who was responsible good question (laughs) it couldn't be the leasing company there was no way to buy insurance for that liability because the liability belonged to the client right so right from the beginning uh we were co-employers but there was no definition as as such Uh, and there there were other situations Uh, a building burns down Mm -hmm. a client building burns down who's responsible I've had buildings burn down and I've had the landlords come after me but your per, your employee mm-hmm. started the fire. That's well, it hasn't been proven yet. Number one, number two, I don't have insurance for that occurrence. Right, you have to talk to the client. So the client covers the insurance. So, yes. so this is something where it sounds like you got to be really good at, at, at being clear about your insurance policy as well. well. I'm assuming, correct? <laughs> uh, to make sure everybody understands where the liability coverage is in case something does happen, whether you're a trucking company or whether it's just your the building you're working out of. I wound up with uh, 20-some-odd credits in law from Ryder College, and I have used them well. (laughs) 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 Uh, You have to know how to read an insurance policy. You Mm -hmm. have to understand who's responsible for what. And you have to be able to present your case as to why you can't be insured for a given liability that clearly belongs to the client. and it, it's worked. It's and when you set up the relationship, I mean, you go and talk to them and say, hey, look, we're going to cover this area and you're going to, you need to cover this. So you, you have, the two insurance agents or companies have to kind of talk, right? So yes. we, everybody understands that if a certain type of occurrence happens, you want to make sure that one or the other has it covered right. somehow. It's, it's not a quick sale. You have to make sure that everyone right. is covered for just about any contingency that might arise. So what are kind of the main points? I mean, you kind of described them, but just kind of hit... Um, Real quickly, because we're going to go to the break here, but like kind of the main points of why somebody would say, oh, I want to just offload, I want to get rid of my employees, and I'm going to send them outside a little bit. Well, the, the key here is they don't want to get rid of their employees. <laughs> well, I mean, get them, have somebody else manage them. Let me, but that is, that is, that is, differently. I mean, that is often the interpretation. Right, right, right. Uh, I had a client called all his people together on a loading dock one morning and said, you're all fired. This guy's going to hire you. And he walked off the loading that dock. That doesn't sound like a great presentation to me. That's in a loading dock. <laughs> I never saw so many pale faces in my life. And, and I, he's kidding. He didn't mean it. <laughs> Those are usually pretty burly young young people, you know, so to speak. So I don't know if I want to upset them too much. <laughs> I, was pretty, I was pretty young myself at the time. Uh, okay, all right. But uh, scared me half to death. Uh I had, I had some help with me at the time. We broke the people into groups in 10s and 15s and sat down and said, this is what he really meant to say. He right. was kidding. Okay. So we'll, we'll pick that up when we come back from the break in just a few minutes. There's a lot to talk about about why people might entertain, uh, basically being in a co-employer status and, and having the HR aspects uh, handled by a different company, kind of expert in that particular area, and leaving you to essentially focus on the, the core of your business, so to speak. We'll be right back. We are talking finances, so you can make informed choices for a better financial future. Missed an episode? 
Go to 1077thebronc.com and Apple iTunes to download and listen to previous shows. Just look up Master Your Finances. Now back to Master Your Finances with Kurt Baker, a certified financial planner professional with certified wealth management and investment. Exclusively on 1077 The Bronc and 1077thebronc.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Master Your Finances. I'm Kurt Baker, Certified Financial Planner Professional. I'm here with uh, Jim Bell Sr., the CEO and founder of Able HR. And we've been talking about what at one point, a long, long time ago, people referred to as employee leasing, but it's really like a co-employer um, status where essentially uh, a client will have the employees managed, uh, the HR aspect managed by uh Mr. Bell here, Able HR, and they will kind of offload those administrative tasks, which uh, many small business owners, I know, it's really kind of a big headache, something they really don't want to be an expert in, don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but it is extremely necessary because your employees are your most valuable asset, so you want to make sure they're well taken care of, uh, but, but from a true business perspective, you really need to focus on your business, whether you're a trucking company or, or manufacturer or a service-oriented company, whatever that may be, that's really where you want to spend your day and not necessarily figuring out how to fill out a payroll spreadsheet, right? So that's what I'm assuming is where this all started. It's a good um, assumption. Yeah, right. So so you uh, you mentioned real, you know, before the break, uh, you, you, you came in and you, the owner of the company said, oh, you're all fired. And uh, you said that worked out okay, though. So what, how did you kind of explain that to everybody, uh, what, what was actually happening here so uh, they felt a little more at ease as far as how that goes? Well, once I regained, once I caught my breath, I... Uh, <laughs> looked at everyone and said, he's kidding. Mm -hmm. Uh, He had a dry sense of humor, so that went over well. I said, now this is what is really happening. I will be your payroll department. I will be your HR department. I will provide your benefits, your retirement plan. And there's a a whole host of other benefits that you will have uh, being our legal employee, however, the one thing I'm not going to be is the owner of this company. And your relationship with the owner will remain unchanged. Uh, and every uh, you, you could almost hear the sigh of relief. <laughs> so <laughs> um, any business-related aspects, like which, which truck I'm loading this afternoon? Correct. You talk to the same guy you always talk to. If you want to yeah, get your yeah. deductions changed on your payroll, then you have a new phone number to call or a new extension to call. Your, and your that's, boss that's, is still your boss. That's how you take care of it, right? Uh, your salary is still your salary. Uh, the relationships that you've formed over the years continue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just take over the legal aspects of it all. So I guess one thing that comes to my mind, because of some of the things that have been happening recently in the news, I guess, over the fact. So what happens if you have, like, an employee-employee issue, like... Uh, you know, one employee's not treating another employee properly and things like that. Those kinds of things that occur, not necessarily a direct business thing, but are those under, because that, you're, that's is mine. that under your end of it because it's employee-employee thing? But if it's employee to kind of a business aspect, like you mentioned, the building or the truck and things like that. That's the, that's the client. That's the client. So if it's employee-employee, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the assumption that you're involved in, like, training and helping people to understand this is what you don't do this is correct you do do it that, that type so there's some training it sounds like involved well, it's too, ongoing as as, okay it's ongoing training at this point right uh, you, you never really stop uh and once you do laws change again and you have to start all over right 
But I guess you'd have the advantage if you've got 5,500 employees, you're, you're kind of staying on top of all this stuff. So as things change, because you have the state law regulations and you have the federal regulations, it sounds like you're in more than one state. So in some companies are more than one state, so now you got to keep up with all the different aspects of the different states. Scale is on my side. Right. Uh, and, uh, I have people who do nothing but stay on top of the law changes. Right. Uh, I have four law firms on retainer. Mm-hmm. One of them is national. <laughs> okay, that's good. Uh, we have something called uh, uh, employee liability insurance, uh, who also specialize in law and law changes because they're insuring the risk for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, they help a lot with uh, our HR manuals, with... Uh, certain words that are used that maybe shouldn't be, um, how to describe what we're doing to our uh, clientele and our employees. And it's worked out extremely well. So you, you kind of touched on something a little bit. So how does that, because I know, you know, you need to, with an employer client, they need like a job description, like expectations, setting goals, objectives, right. compensation. So... How does that happen? So, like, like if, I, if I'm using you as a service, I go, well, I want to set up a comp plan, and I want to set up, um, you know, an HR manual. I do all my job descriptions. Is that, like, we have a conversation with you, and then you turn it into a manual? Is that is that kind exactly. of what's happening, I we guess? Doc, we document what's going on, and okay. if we find anything in that process that shouldn't be going on, mm-hmm. we uh, change it. <laughs> right, right. And it works. Uh, and in many cases, the client went, I didn't know that was illegal. <laughs> Right, right. So when you come in, uh, you know that's one of the that's kind of probably one of the spots that gets forgotten about sometimes. Even if you describe to people what their job is, sometimes it's a little vague or it changes because if the company grows, like what I did today, uh, and I've heard this before, is that people if they sit their employees down and say, write down what you do every day, and then you look at the job description, and they're not always the same they're, thing. In fact, many times rarely they're quite I- different. And so the employer is actually not didn't realize that this person was actually doing all the other pieces of business, you know, of the job that, that they didn't realize. Rarely, if ever, are the uh, the uh, stated job description and the uh, activities performed by the employees in sync. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have found over the years that there are very few bad people. Everybody means well, but they don't understand the need for documentation and communication. Uh, If someone takes on an aspect of a job because someone else is on vacation, um, (laughs) when that person comes back from vacation, they never assume what they had when they left. Oh. <laughs> so you get kind of job creep, I'm going to call for a minute. <laughs> that's a good gonna, word. It that's, shifts a little bit here. That's a, good, that, that's a very good phrase. Now, is anybody trying to put anything over on anyone else? Mm-hmm. No. Right. The person who assumes the added responsibility did it because he or she likes it. Okay. The person that doesn't make waves about it didn't like that aspect of the job. Right. right. And yes, you have a job creep. Right. Uh, is anything wrong with that? No, as long as it's documented. 
because one of the other things we introduce is a review mm-hmm. where you sit down with the client and the employee and you show them how to review the last 12 months performance. Uh, what I try to introduce is the fact that a review should be nothing more than an affirmation as to what's going on between the employer, uh, the client, and the employee for the last six months, 12 months, whatever the period is determined to be. Uh, as long as there are no surprises, then everyone is doing their job. But I should be getting a raise because I've taken on three uh, additional responsibilities. Right. I didn't know that. <laughs> you didn't? No. Why didn't you tell me? Well, you're the boss. You should have known. And how would I have known? <laughs> yeah, and I think you bring up a very good point. Is that Sometimes people think reviews are, are flowing downstream. It's actually a two-way street because the impl- that, that's, where you, that's where business owners tend to learn a lot about what their business is actually doing when they s- literally sit down with them and review it because I think some business owners think well this is kind of a waste of time everybody needs to do their job but it's actually not a waste of time because you're you're either reaffirming that what you're what you've put together works and if you don't now you're getting a better understanding of how your business works and where you can focus mm-hmm. as far as uh, maybe making some adjustments and tweaks and finding out maybe some inefficiencies and things like that I would assume it really comes out that good employees don't wait to be told mm-hmm they see something that needs to be done, and they just do it. Right. Um, and they don't often brag about it or, or make announcements. So you're sitting there at a review, and if you don't take the time to ask leading questions and listen intently to what your employee is saying, you're missing out. You're... you're misleading yourself you're not doing a good job of managing your own company because you you just don't have a clue as to who's doing what agree agree that's great so uh, when we come back we'll talk a little bit about some of the things we can do once we identify the employees how to assist them and compensate them and and the benefits that you provide and can be provided uh, when you're like dealing with a much larger scale uh, back to the employees to reward them when they're doing a great job we'll be right back we are talking finances so you can make informed choices for a better financial future missed an episode go to 1077thebronc.com and apple itunes to download and listen to previous shows just look up master your finances now back to master your finances with kurt baker a certified financial planner professional with certified wealth management and investment exclusively on 1077 the bronc and 1077thebronc.com uh, welcome back. You're listening to Master Your Finances. I'm Kurt Baker here with Jim Bell Sr., this the CEO and founder of Able HR. And before the break, we we're just talking about the importance of doing uh, periodic reviews and just making sure that everybody's on the same page. And it's really kind of a two-way conversation where the employer learns a little bit more about what their employees are doing and the employee gets feedback from their employer. So it's really a very beneficial thing. And when you're, you're dealing with somebody kind of help you with the structure of all this, they make it much easier. Uh, they handle the back-end paperwork so you can spend a little more time on focusing on 
what is actually happening between uh, the business owner and the employees and, and vice versa to get a better feel for how the business is actually operating. And then you can see uh, where to make some adjustments. And also you're gonna see, um, not only will you identify some employees maybe who are underperforming, but you're gonna also identify those employees who are performing in a, beyond what you expected. And in some cases you're gonna wanna, I'm sure, recognize that. And so you've got some things that I guess you can do to maybe help you know, recognize employees uh, based on how their performance is, correct? Absolutely. You have, um, once you've established what the real job is that's being performed, mm -hmm. you can make some very objective decisions as to compensation. All too often, compensation decisions are made without gathering the proper intelligence and without having full knowledge of what the job entails. Uh, the number of times I've come across that is absolutely scary. Uh, so how do you help an employer figure this out? Because if, my, if all of a sudden I find an employee who's really taken off in what they're doing, because uh, the employer's gonna say, well, I'm not sure I want to give them that thing, because employers may resist that, but on the other hand, if they're not careful, they, if they're really performing at a high of a level, they could get hired away, uh, right? So you have to kind of be, you want to reward employees that are doing well, correct? That, that has happened. So, and you have to pay attention to that dynamic because at some point they realize they're doing well. And somebody else is going to, maybe one of your clients is going to say, oh, I recognize how great that person is. I'd love for that person to come over and work for me. Well, we have uh, an anomaly going on in New Jersey right now. In fact, it's nationwide, and we're finding out that it might be worldwide. And there is a serious shortage of qualified people to do jobs. Mm -hmm. And if you have someone, the word is who is truly engaged in the welfare of your company, you don't want to lose them. Oh, absolutely not. Uh, or her. Mm -hmm. It's often a her. Um, if you don't recognize the job they're doing, if you're not even aware of the job they're doing, uh, an ad pops up in the newspaper or it comes up on the web or a, a placement service company calls into your company mm -hmm. and asks for the person who holds the title that they're looking for, and they'll pirate them right out from under you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and nowadays it's even easier because a lot of people put their profiles on things like LinkedIn where it just sits out there anyway for people just to learn about them. Yes. Um, but people that are looking for employees are gonna say, oh, well, these are the these are the qualities I'm looking for in that person, mm -hmm. and so a lot of this information is now public. And years ago, that nobody really knew unless you talked to the person. No, you had to do a you lot of research. Now it's dumped right. Yeah, it's right around. right there in front of you. Just and, and I'm sure somebody's selling that data too, if you want it. Uh, one of the things you have to be careful about on the web is that people tend to get a little carried away with themselves, and you may oh, or really? may not is that have. True? The qualifications that you thought you had. Right, 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 right. right. Uh, you have to be. You have to hone your interviewing skills. The interview has to be a little more technical than it was before mm -hmm. to make sure that they do, in fact, have the experience that they say they have. Right. Um, but it works. It works well. You so, you also have to have 
a good foundation for your people. Uh, if you know the job that they're doing, then you know what you paid them when they came on board. You know what kind of raises you've given them. You have a feel for what's market value. Uh, that person may need or may deserve more money mm -hmm. or something. Um, so, I mean, I, so do you help them with that as far as like what the current market is for absolutely. these different positions? Yeah, because we'll, we'll go in and Somebody's trying to get lost in your own company. Going, well, I think they're paying them well. And you don't realize that maybe there's been a shift in what the compensation structure is that is for exactly. that position. position. You, you just may not be aware of it um, because you're not actually looking for that job. That is exactly the problem. The uh, people in charge are often so busy mm -hmm. and so close to the problem, they don't see it. Yeah. Right, and that's why it's good when you have somebody else kind of step in and it's, kind of take a look from the outside. It's similar to having your wife tell you, you don't talk to me anymore. <laughs> I talk to you all the time. I mean, our spouses recognize things in ourselves that we don't recognize? Yeah. And not always positive things? <laughs> and it's same oh, okay. way, same way in our aware office. Of that. Is that true? <laughs> okay. Very true. Yes, it is very true. Yes. Uh, it, it happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And it happens more in an office than it does in a home because you're spending more time in an office. Right. Or a factory or a distribution center. Mm -hmm. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. That's so how where... Did, how, this employee assistance program, so how does that work? What is it and how does it work? Well, life in metropolitan areas especially, including New Jersey, has become very, very demanding. Our employees are under more pressure than they've ever been in the past. And they need help. And it has to be rendered in an ultra-conservative, confidential manner. Or they simply won't come to you. Right. So we have what's called an EAP, Employee Assistance Program whereby our employees are encouraged to call in and ask for assistance from EAP. They then get uh, on the phone with a counselor and discuss problems with children, problems with spouses, problems with money, drug problems, alcohol problems, uh, general getting along with people problems, problems with your boss, problems with your subordinates. Mm. Uh, about the most dramatic use is uh, suicide. Mm. If you see someone who is not acting right, call EAP. So you can call uh, uh, for somebody else as well, yes. not just for yourself. Because I, I remember hearing something, of, and I don't remember the exact year this happened, but not, not in the too distant past, the mental health cost companies, the, the medical side of it. So when you look at insurance, has actually surpassed the physical cost of insurance. And yes. many people aren't even aware of that. Nope. They think, oh, well, you know, somebody gets, in a, gets hurt, falls, slips, falls, it's cost. I mean, we kind of identify with that. It's easy. But they, don't, they don't realize that the actual, the mental health side of this and, and for the reasons you're pointing out, there's a lot more stressors on people. The business, businesses themselves are under a lot more stress. Family life is more stressful. So we have to learn how to manage that a little better. Well, either that okay. or you have an employee and their performance just keeps slipping. Right. 
and you don't know why. Uh, it's like getting hit by a truck with no headlights. <laughs> uh, but this is something positive you can do, and you can, you can be so very effective. I've had uh, situations twice now where personal problems were so very bad that the employee committed suicide. That's awful. In one instant, in both instances, the employee committed suicide at work. Oh, wow. Uh, it, it sounds terrible, but the employees came in the next morning and found a woman hanging from a fire main. A fire. Uh, right. Extinguisher. Well, that, extinguisher. Is, that is a very traumatic uh, effect when you oh, lose, it was, it shut you the lose, company down. When you lose somebody to suicide, regardless, even if it hadn't been on site, um, it, it just has a. A lot of people are questioning and they're thinking. They saw that person, I'm sure. Uh, they talked to that person, I'm sure. Many people did the day before, and they're like, "What happened?" Right. So there's a lot of questions, a lot of a lot of guilt that, that comes through. Whether it's, you know, um, it was absolutely terrible. They, they feel bad, basically. Uh, it, had she said anything? Uh, the the mildest hint, mm -hmm. there would have been several people right. springing to her aid. Right. But she didn't. And, well, and that's the issue, and that's kind of my, my nonprofit world. That's the kind of one of the things we do is we educate people about suicide um, ideation and things like that. And the hard part is when somebody gets in that position, they can't reach out. So education of those people around them becomes very, very critical because we have to reach in because they get into this place, this tunnel vision, and they get really isolated and there are signs but they're not things that most people look know know what to look for you gotta watch and in world. retrospect many times they can come up and it's it's very traumatic so this employee assistance program is really really important and we'll pick up on that when we come back from the break in just a few minutes we are talking finances so you can make informed choices for a better financial future missed an episode go to 1077thebronc.com and apple itunes to download and listen to previous shows just look up master your finances now back to master your finances with kurt baker a certified financial planner professional with certified wealth management and investment exclusively on 1077 the bronc and 1077thebronc.com welcome back you're listening to master your finances i'm kurt baker certified financial planner professional here with jim bell senior the ceo and founder of able hr and just before the break we were talking about the the uh, very the critical importance of empl the employee assistance program which is really um it's growing as uh, jim was saying in this segment and a lot of that i think has to do with that employers are starting to realize that just from a financial standpoint and a business standpoint, it's really important to take care of your employees' mental health because that cost has actually exceeded the cost from a medical perspective of physical issues that typically happen, which we've always been focused on in the past. So they're actually seeing this trend line. And now, um, thanks to things like what Jim is doing, where, where there are programs in place where you're trying to help to educate people on what to look for in themselves and their friends, uh, coworkers, I should say, at, at work, and a way to contact some professional services to help them through that, whether it's with your boss or whether that's with a coworker or family issues. There's just lots of things to life because work is really integrated into life. It's part of our life. And I think when we recognize that, I think you have a better work life, you have a better home life. I think your overall um, situation becomes a little bit better when we kind of address how that integrates together, I'm assuming, correct? That's a very valid point in that most of us spend 
much more time at work mm -hmm. than we do at home. And that has to be faced because the things that happen at home often will impact negatively what's going on at work. Mm -hmm. Not so much vice versa, uh, which I always thought was strange, but you know, that's the way people are wired. Right. Uh, the biggest problem I've had with uh, EAP situations is EAP problems are very, very sensitive, very personal, and people don't want to talk about them. Uh, our EAP has uh, a segment called sensitivity training. And they will come out and address groups of employees as to what to watch for. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's worth its weight in gold because you can spot situations in advance before they become big problems. And just a brief conversation with a trained counselor can help make it go away or at least get it on the road to healing. Uh, as opposed to what normally happens, is they, the employee sits there with this deep, dark secret, and it's just eating them alive. And you don't know. Right, I mean, if you had a physical aid, if you had an infection or something, you'd want to get treatment early, right? If sure. somebody had cancer, anybody you want can to get say early. you need you need to see a doctor. Exactly. So, and that's something I think you bring up an extremely important point: is that the sooner you deal with any kind of issue that's affecting your mental health and the way you're re responding to it, the sooner you get help, better um, the, the better the results are going to be. The, the you know, the more likely you are to see a positive recovery. Mm -hmm. And the workplace is going to get a little better, too, of course, right? Because if, if you're down and not doing well and not feeling well, um, you're working with other people all day long, whether it's directly to, with a coworker, or whether it's with the clients at the corporation. Um, you're just not going to be performing and not be in, in, in the, the state no, that you want to be in to do your job as best you can. No matter how big or small the co corporation is, you are part of a big wheel. And no wheel is going to be efficient if it has a flat side or a bad spoke. It has to be addressed. Very true. Very true. Very true. Um, you also want to talk a little bit, I guess, the Earned uh, Sick Leave Act. I guess that's something uh, we want to discuss that a little bit. How does that work it's, and what does that mean? Uh, the Earned Sick Leave Act is, from my standpoint, finally a recognition of reality. Um, because it's not just sick leave. Uh, many of my clients are converting to paid time off. They don't have a vacation and they don't have sick time anymore. Uh, I always had a gripe with sick time because we forced our employees to lie. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> you, you have a parent who has a sick child. Right. Are they coming to work? No. Uh, probably not. Unless they have the mother-in-law of the year, they're not coming to work. So they tell you you're sick so they can stay home for their sick child. Yes. So what you're really doing is it sounds like you're reclassifying. So from an employer standpoint, it's we're, still the same amount of time off, right? Yes. We're just recognizing reality. Right, which makes sense. Uh, there are, in my experience, very few companies that do not pay for time off. They pay something. Right. 
uh, the state of New Jersey has established how many days somebody can be paid. Uh, it's approximately what was going on before. Mm -hmm. uh, the definition has been changed by employers mainly to include uh, personal emergency time. Um, for instance, and this is silly, but it's still valid. Your refrigerator breaks. How can you function without a refrigerator? Worse yet, a wash machine mm -hmm. and a dryer. You, your life stops. It's a little tough. <laughs> well, when you call, they tell you, I'll be there between one and six. But I gotta go to work. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. All right. In the old days, <coughs> a really bad cold. <laughs> uh, today, mm -hmm. I got a problem. What's the problem? Uh, the dryer went out. I got a mess out of my hands. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife has uh, a very important meeting she has to go to today at work. There's no way she can take off. Mm -hmm. I need to take off. Okay, understood. Thanks for telling me. You know what's going on with this person. You know how. Because you better picture what actually is really happening then, too, as well. Yes, and you also know what to do with your staff in terms right. of I got to back them up for a day or her up for a day. I don't have to back her up for a week. She's only going to be out a day. Right, because she's uh, actually not sick. <laughs> she's she actually not home. sick, you know. She's staying home for the afternoon. <laughs> Sometimes you don't want to give out Emmys because you'd swear this lady had strep. Right. And she's going to be out for three or four days. Mm hmm. Um, or the guy. Guys are as good at acting as mm -hmm. women are. Uh, no one has the market cornered. But this makes it so much more human. So do they have to define <laughs> what it is? Because I, I know that, I mean, I, I find this term to be, um, people use it all the time, but I think it's true. Like they take a mental health day. Like sometimes people get so stressed, they just need a breather. Yes. They just need to, like, Stop life for a few hours, take take a day off, recharge, and come back. Yes. But so that's the, okay now. But the mortgage is due next week. Right. <laughs> right. Well, exactly right. But I, what I'm saying is that there are points in time where I, I think that's a valid, personally, I think that's a valid reason for somebody to say, I really, you know, stress at home, stress at work, stress everywhere. You, you I, can, I need a little time. You can pick up your phone and call your boss and simply say, uh, I need a mental health day. I'm, I'd like to take a PTO day. And so, how are we, I'm curious how are employers responding? To that I'm sure some are like very like okay, no problem. Are there employers saying what are you talking about? Get to work. I take it further. I thank them for their honesty. Okay. Um, oh, so you're the one that gets the call in this case, correct? I might. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, in many cases, they will call their immediate supervisor. Mm-hmm. And those are the instructions that I try to give the immediate supervisors. Reward desired behavior. Mm -hmm. Don't badger. Because they'll go back to hiding again. Right. If you know what people are doing and why they're doing it, you're going to be a much more effective supervisor. And people often go, oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. <laughs> 
course they didn't think of it. They got 15,000 uh, packages that have to be put on trucks mm -hmm. by 4 o'clock. Right. Right. But it gives you a realistic idea of what you need to do as far as moving employees around and, and adjusting things. Yes. Right? You, if you know where you are, you can allocate your staff much more efficiently uh, as opposed to are they lying or not? Hmm. So that's good. So communication back and forth between employer and employees is critical. Um, Jim, I appreciate you coming on today and talking to us about the importance of uh, really having a great HR department um, and the fact that most uh, small businesses really just don't have the capacity to kind of do this. And this uh, industry, which you were really there at the beginning, to kind of do a co-employee status where you can handle the back end, the HR, help with things like job descriptions, help manage the employees. Uh, and nowadays with this employee assistance program, you can really help manage them uh, from an overall health standpoint. No matter what's going on in their life, you really want to kind of keep your employees uh, in as best condition uh, mentally as well as physically so that they can perform well for the company. And then I like the idea that the, the Sick Leave Act was kind of uh, – you know, updated, so to speak, to recognize that people take time off for various reasons, especially with all these stressors and all, we're just super busy these days and things happen, life happens, and you just need, sometimes you just need a little time, whether the refrigerator broke or you just need a little time off um, to take care of it. All of this is really important. And so we absolutely appreciate you coming on today. Uh, again, I am Kurt Baker a, uh, with Certified Wealth Management and Investment, and we can I can be reached at 609-716-4700 or our website, which is www.cwmi.us, uh, or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash masteryourfinances. You can subscribe to the podcast and listen to this podcast as well as all of them at masteryourfinances.us. Remember, together we can master your finances so you can enjoy financial peace of mind. The financial views and information provided by Master Your Finances and its guests are intended for general informational purposes only. The material discussed is not designed to provide listeners with individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. Always consult your financial planner for professional advice. You've been listening to Master Your Finances with Kurt Baker, a certified financial planner professional with certified wealth management and investment, exclusively on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com. Tune in every Sunday morning at 9 to learn everything you need to know about personal and small business financial planning, including investing, estate planning, insurance, employee benefits, 401k, 43b plans, retirement planning, and more. Missed an episode? Go to 1077 The Bronx to download and listen to previous shows. Master Your Finances is underwritten by Certified Wealth Management and Investment, focusing on personal financial and small business planning. For more information about all of Certified Wealth Management and Investment services online, it's cwmi.us. Be sure to listen every Sunday at 9 to Master Your Finances exclusively on 1077 The Bronx and 1077thebronc.com.